0: Welcome to Outcast Prophet Podcast. I'm your host, Heath Meadows. Hope everybody's having a great week so far. You know, I have come to realize that the, as a Christian and someone who has surrendered their life to God and places his trust or her trust in Him, that there is no such thing as coincidence. And it's a beautiful thing that we have a, a loving Heavenly Father that, you know, regardless if it's something on YouTube or maybe you hear something on the radio that just confirms what he's whispering to you in the quiet time in prayer and and just taking the time to reach out to sons and daughters that really in a lot of ways don't deserve uh, the attention he gives us and yet he still gives it and still guides us and, and it's just a wonderful thing and I again come to realize that there is no such thing as coincidences and as I peruse YouTube like I I do a lot because I'm into like watching the YouTube videos of anything from hunting to shooting to preaching and teaching and so I, I actually find myself watching those things more than I do any other thing on TV except maybe some football here and there and I happened across a video by it was the video was actually done by a pastor but then I started researching a little bit, and again, I don't believe in coincidences. I think this this is a message that's going to be resurfacing for a time such as this. And the testimony is from the a gentleman named Howard Pittman. Now, Howard Pittman was a law enforcement officer. He was a policeman. He was also a he was a bivocational pastor. He was a Baptist pastor. In 1979, he had an artery rupture, passed away, went to the other side and was commissioned by God to uh, deliver a five point message at that time to the church. We're gonna to listen to that five point message because I think it's really important. I really encourage everyone to get on YouTube and look up his story. Some of the things that he tells the church and some of the things he experienced is rather shocking. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you probably won't find them as shocking at all, but it really confirms some of the things that I have been saying for the last several years of my life, where we are in a time when we think that this christianity that we have this laodicean which he calls laodicean and i would agree we want for nothing we're very just comfortable with where we're at and that's really explains why the country's in a mess that it's in but he also talks about you know he's a he's a now at the time he passed away he's a baptist pastor he's a law enforcement officer and on top of that he is someone who takes in the really rough cases as foster parents. So he's a foster parent. And, I mean, he's taking some really—in he he. In one episode I was watching, he was describing some of the kids that he was taking in. I mean, it, it, there's some really tough cases. And when he gets to heaven, the Lord tells him that his works are an abomination to him. Now, that's going to shock a lot of people because on the outside, this dude looks like he's squeaky clean. And that's why point number one I think I wanna make in this podcast is we get so caught up in thinking that oh, you gotta have this kind of background to serve the Lord. You gotta be raised in a Christian home, you've gotta you've gotta have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed, you can never be divorced, you can't you never ever have alcohol, all these things we we tend to think of well, this is the person that serves the Lord. Even the church is guilty of this. We have bylaws. You know how many people that have went through the pain of divorce, God's called to ministry later on in their life after after you know they've been restored, and the church has shut that calling down. And I am here to tell you that that church will answer for that, every bit of it because it has nothing to do with your background. This gentleman had everything that you would ever think as far as an outstanding citizen and Christian. He's a pastor. He's, you know, he's ordained through the Baptist Church. He's taking in foster kids, and he's a law enforcement officer. I mean, wow, that's pretty impressive. And yet he said that the Lord told him, because he's, he's actually requesting that he be sent back, that he live his life out, and he would, you know, continue serving the Lord, and this is all—all all the stuff he was—he's done. And again, you, it's very powerful testimony. I encourage you to listen to it. And yet, the Lord says your works are an abomination to me because you didn't do them for me; you did them for yourself. You were self-centered. And what a powerful, heartbreaking message. And so he said, again, he was given the opportunity to ask to return and, and live out his life and to do some things here on earth and. This time he kept silent and said, you know, basically hit his knees and said he's, you know, worthy. And and then he said the Lord spoke to him very softly. And, again, I'll I'll let you guys look that up if you're interested in listening to it. He did make another comment that I I really want to talk about as well. As he said, when he first died, it was in darkness and he couldn't see anything. And he began to pray, Lord, I I want to request. Because you remember Hezekiah, the story of Hezekiah requesting, you know, to live longer. And so he said, I want to request to to live my life a little longer. And he said, I heard the most beautiful voice in the world saying, you don't want to do that. Just stop breathing. Just let go. You're going to have security and peace. And he said that was one of the things as a Baptist pastor, he always preached. Once saved, always saved, right? Eternal security. Once, you know, you can't lose your salvation kind of deal. And immediately he thought, that's not the Lord because I'm just, I'm requesting to go back for him. And then when he f- realized that, the voice was revealed to him as it was Satan. Isn't that something? And uh, even at that point, Satan was trying to deceive him. And obviously something was going on. Satan didn't want him to come back with this message. We're going to listen to the message now. This was this video I found is just a short clip of the five-point message that I think is spot on. and We really need to adhere, uh, hear it today because we're about to go through it. And then I'm gonna tie it into something that I've already said on a previous podcast.
1: When this life mattered not to me, he gave it back, sent me back to do what I've done. Touch on five quick points and we're gonna close. I have a five point message to the church. I had to share with you my testimony so that you would understand my authority to deliver this tough message to the church. Let me tell you about my commission. He gave me a limited commission. He placed two restrictions on me. Restriction number one was that I could not ask anyone to hear this, but I must go tell whoever I'm asked. Restriction number two was that I couldn't ask for help. Why would he do this? Why would he place these kind of restrictions on anyone? It had to do with a restricted commission that he was going to give me. You know what commission he gave the church. He sent the church in the world to preach the gospel. The church does not have to wait for an invitation. It can ask anybody to help them because they've been sent to the entire world. He wasn't going to bring me back to preach the gospel to the world. In order to do that, he would have to take the commission away from the church and give it to me. He wasn't about to do that. He had already given it to the church. He was going to give me a limited commission. He sent me back in the world, but not to preach the gospel to the world. He sent me to the church with a message of warning. He wanted them to hear this warning one more time. Since I would not always know where his church was, and he would, I would not have the liberty of choosing my audience, he would choose them for me. All I had to do was accept every invitation that came, put it on my schedule. If it didn't come from him, he'd close the door before I got there. If it came from him, no man would close the door. He gave me nine months to prepare for this mission from August 3rd, 79 to May 7th, 1980. On the seventh day of May, he said, now go. Within 36 months, this testimony had reached every continent on earth. Basically, it's been told on most every major Christian radio and television network in North America and most of the world. At least one fellowship of almost every Christian denomination in North America and most of the world. We've never asked anybody to hear it, yet he's had us so busy telling it that 1989, 1991, my wife and I spent less than 90 days at home. We saw our children, our grandchildren, less than 90 days. Living on the road, airport aprons, shopping center mall, church parking lot, good people's driveway, hotels, motels, RV, campgrounds, wherever we could find a place, sleep, meet, take a bath, change clothes, go to the next door with a message so hard the world can't hear it so hard Christians don't want to hear it.
0: So that's really impressive if you think about the pastors that we have today, these celebrity pastors. This guy is giving a message, and this is a true message. When he, when you hear it, it's going to resonate in your spirit. I guarantee it. And yet he's traveling any way he can, any and staying in places where, you know, that any any place he could, you know, falling asleep in airport hangers and waiting for the next place to go. And and so I think it's uh, really interesting. And he says something there that I really like. He said, "The message so hard, so hard, the world can't hear it." and so hard Christians don't want to hear it. And boy, isn't that the truth.
1: Nowhere in this book did it say it would be easy. What it said was it would be possible. So you can study this Bible all you want to, and you won't find a single place where it says, take up your roses and follow me. What it says is, take up your cross and follow me. I love that. Not many modern Christians are looking for a cross. Is the servant any greater than the master? The five points we're going to close. Point number one, this is the Laodicean church age in which we live today. For the overwhelming majority of so-called Christians, I'm sorry to report to you today, are just that, so-called. They are mouth professors and not heart possessors. And unless they wake up with this shaking, he's going to regurgitate them. His promise to do that, your Bible, Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. Point number two, your adversary, the devil, is a personal and powerful adversary whose ability the church has grossly, and I do mean grossly, underestimated. I'm going to give you one piece of evidence to consider. If that don't touch you, nothing will. That piece of evidence, look at the average modern church fellowship. What does the world see? A wet noodle, reflecting no power, no compassion, in most cases, no love. The church as a whole, what does the world see? A divided body cut in over a hundred pieces, with most of the members in the, within the individual's fellowship spending the majority of their time vilifying another piece, leaving the devil free to roam within the church. As a born-again believer, you're to give no place in your life to the devil. You're to give him no fear, no love. Meet him on the field of battle and defeat him. Point number three, if you're ever going to experience any of God's miraculous power in your life, you're going to have to live that life, not just talk it. When the folks down where you work, shop, socialize, live, eat, sleep, when those people who know your private life, after seeing your private life, can believe the words of your mouth, when you testify for Jesus Christ, then you can call upon his name, expect to hear from it. Point number four. Jesus said in Matthew, Twenty-four thirty-six, just before his second return to the planet Earth, or 37, rather, conditions on Earth would once again mimic the conditions just prior to Noah's day. The conditions on Earth at that time, mankind had but two priorities, wealth and pleasure, wealth and pleasure.
0: I want to add another point to that. He's spot on with that as far as no, when you do an actual historical background, a lot of a lot of rabbis especially believe too that there was a lot of sexual immorality going on, some some very just grotesque, dark stuff, just like it is today. The things with the LGBTQ community, you know, we call evil good, good evil. All those things were part of the reason why God decided to destroy the earth. There was other things going on there and we've talked about it, but I wanted to bring that point up because when you look at what he's saying there, pleasure and and wealth, you throw in the sexual immorality and you've got a three strand cord of evil that we're seeing in our communities in our nation today.
1: Everything else was secondary, right where we are today. Keep your eye upon the eastern sky. Your redemption draweth nigh. It's close. Oh, so very close. Point number five. This is the one that's what are all about. Were it not for point number five, I wouldn't be here. Because of point number five, he sent me back. He's recruiting an army, and I'm one of his recruiting sergeants. He's going to shake this world one more time. He said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27, I will have me a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Look about you, little church. What do you see? A spotted church. No matter how much fanaticism, you see a spotted church. I'm here to tell you he's not going to marry this bride until he cleans her up. She's got a putrefied garment on. He's going to have him a spotless bride. Ephesians 5, 27. How is he going to do that? Just like John. John is quoted by Matthew chapter 3, 11 and 12, saying, I indeed <laughs> baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mighty than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. It is he who will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. Little church, you've had the water. Little church, you've had the Holy Ghost. Get ready, little church. Yonder comes the fire. The third and final baptism. Just a teeny problem with a few of us in this church. Little bitty problem. (laughs) It's going to take a blowtorch. He's going to have to scorch us up one side and down the other to make us turn loose this world. But if you think God can shake this world with carnal-minded Christians, I invite you to read the book one more time. Read the book one more time. I didn't mean to hurt anyone, or belittle anyone, to insult anyone. This is a hard message.
0: It's a hard message, but one is needed, and I love that last point—the the the point of number five. And you know, a couple podcasts ago, I brought up the the mixture of unholy mixtures in the church, and the and he he refers to it as the spot or the blemish on the bride and one of the things i said was that it seems that the closer proximity we get to god the more intense the fire of god is the more intense the responsibility of being holy and making sure we're in repentance and we're picking up our cross and we're checking ourselves and that that Basically, you see that throughout the Bible. We looked at the story of Leviticus 10 and the sons of Aaron who mixed the unholy mixture of incense and were consumed by fire. And then we jumped ahead to Acts chapter 5 of the story of Ananias and Sapphira who lied to the Holy Spirit and to God, and they were struck down there. You see there's a there's a fire coming that is much more intense than we've ever experienced, and we're not ready for it. And it is by God's grace that he is sending people and he's these these messengers that have now passed away somehow their messages are coming back up on YouTube and that's not by coincidence he's telling us to get ready for what's coming and i believe that is part of what i am doing here at the podcast and what this podcast is about when it first started many years, a couple years ago, I would say many, it hasn't been that long, it's been, feels like a long time ago, one of the things the Lord told me was to begin to gather the outcasts. And I never understood completely as to what that meant until I really started studying depth psychology and understanding why some of us are the way we are, and that those of us who are outcasts and have really devoted ourselves at one point of our life to sin, there's something within us that makes us, once we once we lock in on something, that's it. And I think that's what God's looking for. We just got to get locked in on the right thing. But to say that and then to look at now within the last couple months, God saying, okay, I want you to fire this thing back up again. Begin to open your mouth. I've not called you to teach. I've called you to preach. Begin to speak the word. Begin to perf- to be the voice in the wilderness preparing the way. I'm not saying this podcast is preparing the way for the Lord's return. What I am saying, for those that are hearing this, I believe it's preparing a way for you to experience something in the Holy Spirit that you've never experienced before. And that is looking at, and and, then preaching, because we're preaching and teaching, things that are not being taught in the average church today i'm talking about repentance and holiness and things that we need to we need to search ourselves and the idea of psalm 24 and climbing the hill of the lord and who who can stand before before the lord those with clean hands and a pure heart those have been washed pure in the blood of christ those that know him and know who he is and are following him and i believe with all my heart that that's what we're doing here on the podcast. But I hope that you really meditate on these five points that this gentleman was given to by the Lord. I believe this is a message from the Lord. I believe it's resurfacing now for a purpose. I believe it's time the Laodicean church wakes up. He is about to shake things. We are about to go through the next couple years some really rough times. And part of that is due because of our unwillingness to wake from our slumber. How many churches after COVID-19 have tried to go right back into this business as usual. It's never gonna be business as usual. We have to wake up and start shaking ourselves and saying, okay, where is Jesus going? Because I don't believe we've been going in his direction for the last several years, or at least the last 10 or 15. And I'm not saying mega churches in these places are all evil and bad. There's some There's some large churches that are doing exactly what the Lord's called them to do. That's not what I'm saying. But the idea here of these celebrity pastors and these people that are out promoting themselves and not promoting the Lord and and you know who they are. They should they I really believe that if you're following the Lord, these people will there's there's something on your spirit that will make you stay away from them because there's something it's discernment, there's something not not right. But even if not, be careful of who you listen to. Just like this man who talks about dying and being in that state before you go one place or the other and hearing a beautiful voice. And in that in that message in that particular time, he's, he's older than what this video is. He says, be careful of the spirit you decide to listen to. That is also the age that we are in right now. There are many spirits speaking Are you listening to the Holy Spirit, or is it something else? Are these pastors that are promoting wealth and all these different things? I'm telling you right now, I think there's prophets out there that are promoting false pastors and false teachers that have that have once started in a good place but are now locked into a spirit that's not the Holy Spirit. And though they are saying things and their words are becoming true, there's something off about what they're saying because it doesn't align with the Word of God. And so we have to be harmless as does, but wise as serpents. We worship God in spirit and in truth. The truth is the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is within us, and so both of those things together brings us into a balance and that we know that the spirit that we're listening to is the holy spirit and not some other spirit because it confirms and and aligns with the word of god and we have to have both of those in the church but right now what we're seeing is an unholy mixture in a laodicean church maybe some of the churches are waking up well, I'm telling you, there's something coming, and there, I know there's bad times coming, and we get focused on some of the dark stuff, and it's hard not to. I, I'm I'm, you know, not going to condemn anybody for feeling like, oh my goodness, the world's falling apart. We look at our country. We look at what's going on in Israel, and then all these wars and rumors of wars, and these evil alliances of countries that are coming together, and then we, you know, we we look at the darkness that we're surrounded by, and we we tend to forget that the greatest light in the universe resides within us. And greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. And yet, though we may be heading for some from some crucial rough patches ahead in the next several years, and I encourage people to get ready for that, there is something coming from God that has never been experienced before. There is something that he has saved for the last days to take us from the Laodicean church that is described in Revelation to the Philadelphia church, whereas one accord we are together, as and, and, and Philadelphia means brotherly love, as we well know, and our country has the city, Philadelphia. But at the same time, there is something coming that is beyond what we have ever imagined. And if you pray and ask the Lord, I think he'll give you a piece of it. But if you are out there, and your spirit and your baby leaps, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And we have got to get ready for it. And getting ready for that looks at self-examining ourselves, putting ourselves against the word. Is there anything within us that keeps us from experiencing him in a deeper level and always walking humbly before our Lord in holiness and in righteousness and picking up our cross and following him? Until we talk again. God bless.